A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Slay in Your Lane, the podcast. I'm Elizabeth Uwe Benene. Um, my name is Romy Adegake. And today we'll be talking about a range of topics, as we always do. Um, but before we get to that, um, how are you, Yomi? Ciao, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even <laughs> going to lie, I'm so tired. It's been such a long week. Like, I feel like the world has, like, inverted commas, pressed play. And, like, it just feels a bit early. Like it feels a bit premature to me, to be honest, for us all to be getting back to um back to business. Um, mm. so yeah, like I've been um in and out of central for most of the week so far, and I'm just I'm just knackered, mate. Like I'm just not used to. I haven't properly like had to leave Croydon, um, which I've now accepted isn't part of London, pretty much, because obviously like the 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 journey is like really I'm really starting to feel it now that it's been so long since I've had to go to central. But yeah, I'm just I'm just not used to it anymore, and I'm super super tired it feels like the world's starting again how about you paul yeah no i was saying to someone i totally agree i was saying to someone today that um the year has gone by really quickly and a lot mm. has happened in a short amount of time so um i can't believe that we have a whole other six months to kind of contend with so i just pray that it's nice to us um Please. and have mercy yeah exactly we can't we can't cope um but something that did catch my eye that you did send to me which I did think was a bit weird at the start, um, was the August Alcina um, conversation that came out last week. Mm. And oh I remember God. you, I didn't even understand what it was about, um, but you know the situation, you know it quite well. So do you want to give the listeners kind of like a brief um, run through? Oh, yeah, of course. Like, you know me and T. So like, yeah, I've <laughs> obviously been following this story for like, several months if i feel like it's i feel like i mean me and my sisters when this came out we were like we'd be new we thought this was like an open like not, not even an open secret like we genuinely thought this was like one of those rumors that like had been flying around for a long time that like august Alcina, when he was sort of in his early 20s was in a sort of um relationship with jada pinkett smith because you know there's been like rumors about the um smiths for a while saying that you know they, they're swingers and they like have like an open relationship or whatever um and then you know over the past few years there's been like a lot of talk about how august Alcina, who i think she i think jada met through her son Jaden, which is yeah. quite a weird dynamic but yeah like there's been rumors that they were like seeing each other for a bit and i remember that he like released this song last year and you know that there was this music video like accompanying it and it he literally was like text like one of the graphics that he had in the video was him texting jada so i was like oh okay so this has now been confirmed and then yeah obviously when i remember when i first saw like the clip of him and angela yee and he was talking about it i swear my initial reaction was so like oh okay cool like oh so he's now confirmed what we know and then then i saw her trending and i was like oh wait so like i guess not everybody else is obsessed with tea pages in the way that i am that that has just been waiting for this confirmation like for how many years um for how many months so i just assumed everyone knew but yeah like that's that's the story and like um you know obviously she's saying that she's going to to basically hold herself to account via a red table talk which would be um 
very interesting but yeah you were you said you said you were just completely like knocked for six and like didn't weren't really across i don't think you were across the whole like smith fam like smith couple like um a swingers um, not at all not at all and that's so you were seeing them as some wholesome like (laughs) i mean you can be a wholesome swinger but yeah (laughs) maybe i feel like in this climate i have to say that but (laughs) disclaimer disclaimer um no i'm actually i can't get the that image out of my head and a wholesome swinger um it sounds like a sounds like a job title um but no i remember when you sent it to me i genuinely thought okay yomi's mixing up names because you said Jada and August, August, and and, and, and I was thought, like, oh Will, That's a I weird genuinely thought, Will. oh, you, oh, I was like, oh, oh, I was like, oh, Yomi's definitely mixed up that name, and I just kind of went on, kept it pushing my day, and then your um, your older sister sent me another um, a, a clip, and I watched it, and I understood what you said earlier in the day because I was like, mm. what? This is crazy. Um, and I just don't understand it. And it's just, there's so many facets of this because there's like, because I remember we start speaking and I said to you that um, if if she's doing her thing, he is doing his thing. And you were like, of course. And yeah, so the big, the bigger question is this whole open relationship is this, are we just looking at it as like, I don't know, we're not in the future. Like, are we just a bit behind? Or is this just basically the future in terms of just how things should be? Because she was literally saying, we are not in that clip. She was like saying, um, we are not, or we're always going to be together, essentially. We're life partners. Mm. Is that just the way things are going to be? What are your thoughts on open relationships? Could you do it? Could you not? Um, and is it just each to their own? Mm, I mean, I mean, I, I, I love the fact, again, you're like, asking this as if you do not categorically know the answer this is why we do need we need to start getting people in because honestly it's just gonna be like i think you know damn well what my views are but it's like i definitely feel like it's each to their own for sure like 100 percent. like i feel like do you like with with jada when she was like she's coming to you know stability on herself in terms of like you know at the red table or whatever like i felt like you know clearly she feels like i feel like she's able to hold herself into a in a well, I haven't watched it yet. It hasn't even come out yet. It hasn't been done yet. But, like, when it does come out, I feel like clearly she knows what she's doing and it feels like there's been some sort of arrangement and understanding that they have. And for me, I'm like, if that works for you guys, do you, boo? Like, that's completely up to you. Like, you know, variety is the spice of life or whatever. So, fair enough. Yep. But <laughs> as for me and myself, <laughs> I'm literally like, I saw someone online being like they're a monogamy merchant and I was like oh that is me to a T like I'm I'm very like casual generally like I'm not someone that's like oh I've gone on a date with this person therefore they're my husband in fact I'm the complete opposite to that but once I'm in that relationship and that line is drawn then it's like that's it like it's, it's literally there is if, if to me I'm very in or out like if if we're gonna be seeing other people talking to other people that's absolutely fine i can very much compartmentalize to make that work but i would just not be in a relationship the minute i'm in a relationship then it's it becomes i don't believe in like oh exclusive but we're like talking to like do you know what I, mean? I don't believe in oh exclusive but we're not going out like that that is rubbish to me i'm like well i've in a relationship where we're not even gonna look at anybody else we've even got to be careful about whose pictures we're liking and why <laughs> but yeah. it's either that or it's absolute like singledom do you um so yeah what what about you let me ask this question as if i've, I've never had this conversation like, what, what are you thinking? <laughs> so 
yeah, it's quite interesting because my first boyfriend or my first proper boyfriend, we were like friends before we kind of like became formal boyfriend and girlfriend. And I remember when we accidentally kind of like realised we liked each other, um, one of the things that I said to him was, we either commit to this and we become girlfriend and boyfriend and we are going to be together or we literally like stay friends and just like, you know, continue like that. So I am not... So I'm very, you know how I am. I'm very, mm. um, you know, like on, I'm quite extreme. So either we're in this or we're not. So I, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine having an open relationship at this age um, with anybody. But that's the thing. I'm thinking maybe it's an age thing because they've been married for a very long time. Yeah, they've indeed. had experiences that, you know, I just can't imagine. Like they've traveled the world. They've done so many different things. And maybe the... Maybe, I don't know, maybe my life is just a bit too boring that, you know, I'm holding on to this, you know, straightforward, let's just be together forever, like fantasy that probably doesn't exist, like in terms of just being together with one person forever. Um, mm. Because I don't know, we've had, I know we've had conversations about soulmates and, and all of that sort of stuff. And it's weird because the way she talks about her will is like they're soulmates. They are meant mm. to be together. They, they, but maybe they don't, I guess soulmates sometimes evolve into just what she's calling a life partnership. So mm. um, I don't know, maybe that's the future. And I keep saying that as if it's gonna, it's changing my mind and how I feel, I feel about it. Um, but I'm trying to play devil's <laughs> advocate in this situation. I, when I say this, I'm literally going, we don't believe you. You need, no, you need more people. When I say I don't believe you, I t- I'm just, I'm just not, mm-hmm. that's true, fair <laughs> enough. Like I know theoretically you believe this, but I'm like, I've known you way too long <laughs> about age. You'll be 80 years old and still ensuring that. Right. I don't know what the, what the adult, not adult, the grandma equivalent of Instagram will be, but like, I'm like, I just know that you'll still be doing, checking that. Um, You know, they, I think they've stopped that thing where you can like, I'm not on Instagram enough to, to know, to be honest, because you know how I use that platform. I just post and go. But I'm like, I remember there used to be that thing where it was like, you could see what people would like. I feel like, I think they've got oh, rid yeah, of they, it. Yeah, they got rid right? of it. Right? So I'm like, I know that, I just know that like at 80, at 90, like whatever, if you're catching your significant other then in the in the wrong comment section <laughs> i just know what you're like like I, I i i get what you're saying though i think we're trying to be quite mature and theoretical and oh in theory yeah i totally get like back that but like in reality i'm like girl like <laughs> mm, <this laughs> who are you thing. playing with like come on this is the thing and yeah. oh, i don't know because the thing is is like soulmates is such a like what are your views i know what your views are already as we kind of establish but can soulmates evolve in that way where you may not want to be with that person like sexually all the time um <laughs> sorry i can't <laughs> i'm actually pathetic but maybe but then you know but you want to be but you've created this like i guess institution i think that's the thing maybe i'm just too poor to understand what they're doing like because they are creating this it's Hollywood true. institution. So divorce is going to be probably be more expensive than, you know, than... The rich live a completely different life, isn't it? Exactly. They've priorities. They've, it's, it's very uncoupling. much Uncoupling. Like, do you know what I mean? Consciously uncoupling, which yep. to be fair, a conversation <laughs> for another day, even my broadcast, you know I'm on that. I'm, I'm very much on a unconscious coupling. Let's still be friends and like, let's let's still be in each other's lives as we move into these next phases with other people. Like I'm, I'm on that hippie shit. But in terms of like, um, you know, soulmates and all that thing, it's funny because I think if anyone was ever to kind of potentially find themselves in that kind of position like of being like you know 
able to have like a significant other that I felt was my soulmate and like have other people fulfill other purposes then yeah I honestly think again theoretically I could be that person just because of what my attitude towards relationships is but I think it's because I have a very clear kind of like demarcation between like relationships are not and 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 that might just be me being basic and like some rigid like christian upbringing or god only knows like i don't know it could be like i'm not rich enough as you said to be able to get into these intricacies of like weird like holly weird like um you know units or whatever but i feel like for me like yeah like like for instance people that get funny about anything that someone that's not their boyfriend is doing for me, you know my opinion on that. I'm always like, that's weird. Like, if you're seeing somebody and you feel like, you can't be doing that, like, because we're... But like, I'm like, but that's not your boyfriend. Like, to me, it's very much... I understand that freeness in terms of if you're talking to somebody and if, even if you're seeing someone on a very long-term basis, but you're not going out, I, I'm very much like, well, the, to me, again, it's like a mythical line between not being together and being together. So I can be very flexible and re- laid back. Um, that all sounded completely wrong. <laughs> I'm like in every context, but I, in in like I can be flexible and back in terms of like whether um like like you know people like a f- yeah that freedom in terms of like how you're allowed to behave with other people and if you want to like talk to other people see other people and stuff if we're not officially together and that can be everything from first date to like literally seeing each other to like basically being involved because to me exclusivity only really starts when you're going out but then mm-hmm. to me <laughs> once you're going out it's like a completely i become a completely different i wouldn't say i become a completely different person but my brain it's like a switch goes off and i'm like right so now this is we're in this for the long haul get your slippers on get your his and hers like mm-hmm. um you know what i mean like get dressing gowns because now we are, we are here to do monogamy and you know i don't care how boring it is whoever dies first mm-hmm. <laughs> whoever whoever dies last is the one that gets to thrive with other people <laughs> and beyond that we're in this for the long haul no matter how boring and tedious and sexless it may be hurrah but yeah maybe i just as you said maybe i need a bit more a bit more money but yeah i think we're both definitely monogamy um <laughs> monogamy merchants when it when it really comes down to it um, yeah i think it's just the society we're in like it's i i, I even the whole thing of like you know it's a weird line isn't it because it's the same way your children aren't your property your man isn't your property but i'm so, like mm-hmm. record scratch what you sure that? <laughs> I'm like, Elizabeth saying what? Wait, you got to... I'm like, wait a minute. Who am I talking to? No, but I'm trying. I'm really trying to kind of like see this in a very like open-minded way because Mm. you know I am not the most like, you know, like, oh, flexible. I'm very... I I don't use the word rigid. But I'm very traditional when it comes to this sort of stuff. But then, you know, but then don't I... I surprise you sometimes because sometimes I'm just like... You definitely do, yeah. Sometimes you're just... On because some next like left wing, my like, not left wing, just left tip. We're just yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, actually, maybe I don't want that at all. And I'm like, exactly. What? Sometimes I'll just go, oh, I don't think I want to get married. But it's so weird because I've seen someone for like a year and a half, and everyone would be like, aren't you guys like boyfriend and girlfriend? I go, no, nope, we're not, we're not, we're not yeah, boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, so yeah. So I don't know, but then because I knew that if I want to be his girlfriend, I could have been his girlfriend. That I was so kind of open to just you know seeing what happens seeing what happens but looking back i do think it's a bit crazy to continuously see someone for like that long and there's no like sense of like oh is this going somewhere but i think it's it's, it's not crazy when you're 21 exactly true you've got all the time and all the eggs and all the and all the eggs in baskets eggs in wombs like eggs in just every flipping sense of the word to to just waste time and just like whatever whereas like the older you get like 
the more I don't know I don't know I think a lot of girls as well like we tend to kind of like do this thing where which I think you neither you or I have ever really been into where it's like there's a real pressure on women to like pretend we're up for things that we're not so like there's that thing where you're like 21 you meet Mm. someone you like them they like you but they're not ready for a relationship so you kind of like force yourself to like feel like you're just cool to go with the flow and like see what happens when in reality you want to like formalize (laughs) you want a contractual like commitment and you kind of feel like I think when you're younger, it's definitely like it's easier to kind of feel like you have to be cool with like situationships and stuff like that. Whereas like when you're older, it's like you you kind of just don't you you just can't even pretend if that if that's not you because like you know me, I was the queen of situationships. But you know when I was younger, I was fully on that because like commitment genuinely like I don't know why, but it really like freaked me out as as a concept. But now I'm older, I'm like I just don't have the time, I don't have the bandwidth, and I just can't be bothered to like. how interesting do, do, yeah i don't have the time but i think for a lot of people it's like they they even when they like, i had a lot of friends definitely that like when it came to like meeting guys and stuff they'd like them and they'd potentially want something more but they felt like if they if they articulated that they'd scare them off mm. so then they felt like they had to like go with it man like, like be this cool person man but now they're like 27 28 29 30 they're like i actually don't care if you think i'm a flipping psychopath i'm trying to get married in the next year you know, if I get pregnant the first time we beat, I'm likely keeping the baby. What, what you got to say about that? And they're really just laying it out. And I think mm. that's a good thing that like, you know, we, we should be able to kind of just be honest about where we're at and what, and what we want. And I think the older you get, the more comfortable you kind of feel doing that. Absolutely. But it's weird. I think that's why we bonded like at uni because we didn't have any issue in articulating like what we want, like our kind of opinions and stuff with guys when it comes to mm. like, this is what I want. And I remember <laughs> there was this guy at uni um, to this day I still hate but I remember um, I said to him like this is what I like he didn't text me all summer and it was just weird and when he did text me it was just weird this was like the first year of uni and um, we got back to the first like you know the first um, term second year and I remember him saying I remember like me kind of like having a go at him about it and then he said to me don't give me the black girl chat mm. um, and I realised that day that obviously men are mad but obviously and also enough I think as women we're not expected to kind of articulate um especially at a young age like you know boundaries and things like that so um so that's quite interesting I have a question for you though Mm. the around the August situation do you number one is she lying because she's come out to basically say he's like he's lying but I don't believe her oh wow maybe I reckon there's truth to it Okay. But maybe because I haven't seen the statement, so I need to see what 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 exactly she's denying. But I reckon that it's she's probably getting off on a technicality, you know. And it's like this isn't murder; <laughs> it's manslaughter. I think it's one of those loophole things where she's probably I didn't have sexual relations with that woman. When we inquire what that means, it's like oh, well, actually that means something else. So I think I ha- I need to see what exactly how she denied it. But I would honestly bet my flipping bottom dollar that she's that there's truth to what he said, but he's 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 mis what sort of she feels he's misrepresented it because maybe he maybe it's something like she, he's presented it as an affair when mm. in reality it's like will was <laughs> more than aware of it and doing his own thing or maybe mm. it was like they had a relationship that was like not sexual but something else or it was sexual but nothing else i, I bet there's a technicality that like um because jada just <laughs> strikes me as real i really don't know what it is about her but she just really strikes me as someone that lives very unapologetically within right. her truth do you know what i mean so i feel like you, you know what there's probably some truth to it but it's probably 
you know, it's not exactly, it didn't go down exactly like that. It's like, what had happened was, and it's <laughs> going to be like, oh, this other kind of story where we're like, yeah, but you was, basically, did you beat or not? That's, that's what we're going to get to. Did you beat or not? Oh. And I reckon the answer to that is yes, but that when is you're funny. someone that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? She's on some spiritual plane. Exactly, that's all we care about, but she's on some higher level spiritual plane. She's just like, you mortals are out here wondering whose genitals went where, when it's more complex than that. There's more to it than that. So our next topic is um, the idea that loads of voice actors have been stepping down from various roles um, because of, um, I guess, the Black Lives Matter protest, general racism that's always pre-existed. But I think the actual like kind of spark for these moves has been the Black Lives Matter protest. Lots of white actors that have voiced, for in some cases, like for decades, and um, black characters, the white um, voices behind them have decided to step down so that's been jenny slate from big mouth um the guy who voices cleveland on the cleveland show who's been doing it for 20 years the guy who voices dr hibbert on the simpsons who's been doing it for longer they're all stepping down um what do you think elizabeth about the move because a lot of people are kind of saying that like yeah white voice actors should never have been voicing black cartoon characters in the first place um obviously it's interesting that after decades of you know collecting those checks they have decided now that there's been a realization that it was wrong if it was wrong what do you, what are your thoughts on it do you have a dog in this fight do you feel yeah the thing is like it just feels like such common sense that like you said like it's like what is the fight do you know what i mean like it just mm. feels so straightforward like it makes sense but i think because the world sees like white people ev- all the le- the lens in which we do everything in this world is through white people it's through whiteness it's through you know being a man like all of these things that i'm glad that we're starting to really question things that have gone on kind of challenged for years so absolutely i think that you know we're seeing all these little you know people interrogating all these things and i think it's a really good move that we're starting to move away from what we've always deemed as normal so yeah that i think that's honestly that sums up my my view on it um how about you what are your thoughts around it yeah, I think um, I agree. I think that, like, um, as you said, our starting point for everything is whiteness. Um, so our starting point for even racialized characters is whiteness, which is which is strange. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I think that, like, that, that's the thing. Like, or all people said that it's a version of, like, blackface and, you know, it's equivalent. I, I honestly have to be real and I don't know where I stand on that. Um, and which I part, don't know. Sorry? Like, so some people sort of suggest that, like, white people voicing black cartoon characters is, like, equivalent to blackface, um, which I genuinely don't know because I think blackface, sometimes, like, when we discuss what blackface is, like, blackface obviously, like, you know, is very much, like, leaning on, like, is you know, there's obviously the literal, like, act of blacking yourself up and, like, using it to, like, basically portray, like, racialized and racist stereotypes of black people and, like, I can completely understand the logic of why um, voicing black characters can be within that realm if you're having to, like, do you know what I mean? Because obviously if you're voicing a black character, it's like there are certain, often certain, like, stereotypes and, like, just, you know, like, tropes that you may feel like you you lean on Mm. to, to, you know, create that the character of that voice. But then obviously it's weird, like, with characters like Dr. Hibbert, I don't know if I feel... That's why, like, honestly, it's kind of a difficult one to really know where I... I know where I stand, but I, 
to try and work out how I get to that conclusion. Because I, I wouldn't necessarily say I've looked at Dr. Hibbert and been like, this is like a racist, like, parody of, like, blackness. Because I, I didn't, like, I don't want didn't watching it when the symptoms i didn't when watching the symptoms when i was younger and i and you know it's been a while because the symptoms really turned to shit but like yeah like i don't think i would necessarily think that now i don't think however it has to necessarily be doing that for people to not feel like it's wrong i think probably for me where the kind of like real same thing with cultural appropriation to be honest I feel like my real issue with most of these things is just the lack of opportunity. I don't know that if, like, you know, if... I, I don't know if, basically, like, there were loads loads of black actors voicing black parts and voicing, like, various parts, like, in cartoons, in film, whatever. I don't know if I'd be as kind of, like, this is something that, like, needs to change in this way. I think my biggest concern, to be honest, is always, like the lack of opportunity and the fact that like white people get to depict themselves in cartoons and then also like get to depict black people in cartoons which is which is imbued with a very problematic history anyway because of blackface but in and of itself I feel like in this time you know for instance the character in Big Mouth wasn't necessarily like a, like a, as far as I'm aware no one was really compa- complaining about the depiction um it's just more the fact that like okay but how many biracial women are actually like voicing cartoons as we speak same with like there was a character in Bojack Horseman where you know the a character was vo- um, a, an Asian character was voiced by a white woman how many do you know what I mean like how many Asian women are voicing their like Asian characters that represent their own experiences let alone white characters is you really don't see like a black like a a white cartoon and you know when you see the voice behind the cartoon it's a um like black person you just it's just not a reality that we'd have to like contend with so yeah i think an easy way of arguing it would be would be like oh it's it's you know a lot of these depictions are like stereotypical and like problematic but i think the the argument's almost more complicated because they're not always with things like apu from the the simpsons yeah it's like like a very clearly like racialized and problematic like depiction but they aren't always but i think for me one of the biggest issues lies in the fact that like okay but black people aren't even we're not even given the space to like represent ourselves so where do we go from here like if we can't even get like work representing like black cartoons then you know what i mean let, let alone white ones then it just means that like yeah again we're, we're we're relying on white people to kind of like um represent and present the black experience um but yeah i think as well even like i don't know it's interesting because it's like we have we take issue with the voice characters which i'm not saying we shouldn't i completely understand that but also again it really just comes down to even things like um writers rooms because i really don't can't imagine and in like a, a black writer's room or a writer's room that even had black people in it being like, yeah, let's put this white person to voice this black character. Cause they just be like, why? Do you know what I mean? Like surely we just have a black person do it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think it's just kind of like, an, it's just, it's the byproduct or outcome of a like, of a system that's systemically flawed from like the top to the bottom. So from the like casting to the, writers to everything that then means that we end up with like these absurdities where it's like there are loads of black like black characters are like represented um visually in shows but not like behind the scenes as voice actors in writers rooms or anything else (laughs) 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So our next topic is um, on the brand Boohoo, um, which has kind of blown up this week um, over allegations of low pay and poor conditions at the factory in Leicester. And um, I think as the latest is that, you know, Next and ASOS have dropped um, Boohoo's clothes from their websites after claims that the fashion retailer has sold clothes made in factories where staff were, you know, paid less than the minimum wage and essentially working in really poor conditions. And um, I think it shocked a lot of people um, because I think we think that this stuff happens in, um, doesn't happen in England. And I think it it's quite personal because, you know, we all over the years have, you know, used um, either Boohoo or sites like it and, you know, and it kind of speaks to a bigger conversation around our relationship with um, fast fashion and um, and just, yeah, I think it's I think it's had to kind of, you know, be brought close to home for us to for essentially people to really kind of, I guess, care about how clothes are made and, you know, who who's making them and the conditions around that. Um, what are your thoughts, Yomi, around this this situation? So I know it's a kind of like fast moving situation, but mm. what were your kind of thoughts when it first came out? Um, yeah, I agree with you that, like, it's not something that we really think about, like, sort of taking place, like, pretty much on our own doorstep. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of, like, it's been interesting to see how, like, um, you know, other brands have reacted, like, with Next and Assos kind of, like, distancing themselves from um, Boohoo as a brand. And I think it's going to be very much part of, like, a domino, like, effect because we can't be under any illusions and I feel like no one is that, like, this is, like, an isolated, like, Boohoo-only incident. It's probably likely that, like, it's affecting other fast fashion chains um and you know people with all with like companies like next and assos and i think um zalando like moving away from um being affiliated with boohoo and um giving them like a platform and selling their stuff it'll be interesting i think to see how like um influencers and um yeah people that kind of like work in that space react and whether they feel like a need to kind of like call them out or not necessarily call them out distance themselves from them um because i do think that i'd be surprised if other because obviously boohoo like owns everything as well i'm as aware i'm aware it's like boohoo's is owned by people that own like loads of other like um yeah. of, like fast fashion brands so i think it really could be like I don't know. I'm not an expert, but it could be like the tip of the iceberg, and it'll be and it'll be interesting to see the ramifications that has on the industry because you know, if that's the case, then I feel like it obviously affects loads of different chains. It affects loads of. It's, it's just such a like flipping like hierarchy because you know it affects the shops and like um, e-tailers that are like selling them. 
like do like second party whatevers but then also like as i said like influencers will they kind of have to like comment on this or like will they turn a blind eye like do you know what i mean Mm. how do they kind of yeah i think that it reminded me um how much power that as consumers we have when it comes to holding um brands especially fashion brands to account um this whole situation reminded me of like years ago when football was um footballs essentially were being made as like the actual football um in football games being made in like kind of like over like i guess sweatshops in you know other parts of the world and um there was a stand that took there was you know a campaign against that so the level football that you know you could buy but also was used in you know big big premier league games and like champions leagues were being made like in you know um abroad with you know really bad work conditions and it took like a dedicated campaign for that to be kind of overlooked um overturned so i'm when it comes to you know consumer power i think you see that a lot i don't think it always you know is across the board of a lot of things but there is such consumer power in in how we can and yeah as consumers be more conscious in our um in our where we where we put our money so I think it it reminded me of that kind of campaign because the Premier League and all these like you know the like football is kind of better off because of like because of that and I think that I hope this isn't kind of like a you know a flash in the pan and it's, people are you know a nice pretty statement by Boohoo and even ASOS like there is nobody is exempt from this situation I I feel like we've created this monster of fast fashion and. Um, we've all kind of partaken in it in various ways you know Mm. if you're going into Primark it's crazy because I I couldn't wait to go to Primark when it opened because I was like oh my god I need this and it's we've all kind of it's do you know what's interesting as well my mum lives in Paris and over the years like people in Europe have a very different relationship with like um, with clothes compared to England so in Paris and I know if anybody wants to you know can't know think say I'm wrong but they have a very different culture in Europe and in, in France when it comes to like um like shops like Primark and things like that they don't have that kind of you buy a three pound a three pound t-shirt and you buy it again two weeks time because you know you put it in a washing machine and it kind of you know unthreads or, and things like that so I don't know what I think we have a very interest different culture when it comes to and it's not just, you know, boohoo and what we buy on, like, you know, I need a five pound dress to go out, but also just, you know, our, what our local high street looks like. And the, and I don't think as consumers, we interrogate why a t-shirt costs five pounds um, mm. enough. And I think that it had to be in somewhere like Leicester, which is what, an hour and two hours away from London or two hours is so close to us that for people to realise how, um, how really disgusting these practices are um so yeah I don't know like it's it's I don't know has your relationship with fashion um changed I guess over the years yeah I'd say definitely I was actually talking about this the other day like I feel like um I one thing I'm very grateful for is that I've never particularly been very trend-led um primarily because I just couldn't afford it like growing up it was like if everyone was like oh we've got kickers today even though kickers are very actually sturdy <laughs> quite quite they're quite pricey when I was younger like shoes but when people was like, oh we've got kick us today we've got tns tomorrow like it i couldn't really afford to just be constantly like okay it's odd boots now and then it's those other butter shoes that i can't remember what they're called but they had like the they had the like um wallabies 
No, oh, oh my god, I remember wallabies. Not wallabies. These were boots here, but they had like like buckles. Like they had like straps around them and buckles. Above, mm. they were just horrendous. Oh, I know I, those ones. You know yeah. them ones. Yeah, yeah. they were kind of, sometimes they were suede and like brown and sometimes like tan and sometimes they were like black. But they were clapped either way. But I remember at the time I thought they were it. Um, and I used to buy them from those like this was like pre. I think these are the things that kind of the the, the like primordial goop from which like fast fashion was formed but you know those like high street like were kind of below risky stores like the stores that were kind of the real yeah like really cheap like i used to buy like lots of like super cheap stuff from that which was like the knockoffs of the knockoffs of the knockoffs basically but like i guess like being frugal meant that like i wasn't really like a trend-led person because i was like i can't afford to constantly like be keeping up with like what everyone's wearing so it made me a bit more like i don't know it made me a bit more frugal anyway and i I was obsessed with like, I'm not like, I don't know. It's weird. I've never been like a super, oh my God, fashion like person, but I was really into like staples. Like I remember I was always like, okay, if I buy this thing now, can I get away with wearing this in like another like five years? And then that all kind of went out the window when I got to uni, because obviously it was like, oh my God, I'm away from home. I've got my own money. And like, even though I'm still broke, like at least I'm in control of the money. So I was just like, I'm just going to like, live in Primark and just like buy so much shit in bulk like all the time because even before when I used to shop in cheaper places I didn't really buy like loads of stuff whereas like by the time I got to uni it was very much I'm literally wearing this dress once we're gonna take a picture in it and then then I I don't even it's not like I'll throw it away it's very much where did it go to this Mm. day I'm like I don't it's like they evaporate it's literally like they serve their purpose like you know there's a thing in rick and morty where they have these things called mr me seeks where they're created to do a task and then they disappear that's what my fast fashion clothes were like it's like Mm. i would literally try to find a dress that i'd spent like six pounds on and then it's like i'd look for it and it'd just be gone because it's like oh you wore it on that night out it's done like bye so literally like all those clothes i could not even tell you where the hell they've gotten to they've probably literally turn to rubble because of what they're made out of but like now i'm older it's kind of like i'm back to how i was like in like secondary school which is just that like again i'm not massively like trend-led i'm very much like i like this thing and i can imagine myself liking this thing for quite a sustained period time of time and i i wouldn't even say my original kind of push for that was like being ethical honestly it was just kind of like frugality and just also I don't really like having too much stuff in my house. So just trying, like, you know, as Nigerians, we like to hoard. I think that's just like a diasporic, not even diasporic, that's just an African thing, I think. (laughs) We just like to hoard stuff and, like, keep Mm. things. So I'm, like, I've for a long time been trying to, like, turn away from that. But because I know that, like, I don't have the space in my bedroom to, like, just have bare clothes that I'm not going to wear. So, like, yeah. But now I'm, like, even more trying to be a bit more conscious and wary of being, like, you know... Like, I think I told you when there was that whole no shops November, like, no, no shop September movement. I was saying to you, like, what people, people, it was like, oh, we're going to try and, like, we, we endeavour not to buy anything for the whole of September. I was like, there's people that, that buy things, like, buy things every month. Like, what? Mm. I was like, that is not, that's not how I live. That's not how I've never, how I've ever lived. But now I think I'm even more conscious of not living like that. Um, But to be fair, we do get sent a lot of stuff. And now I'm trying to make sure I actually, like, repurpose that as well and like actually like send that send that to places and make sure again that that's not part of a cycle of like wastefulness um in terms of you where do you sort of feel like you fit into that and like do you do you feel like now with like stuff like um boohoo like and this conversation around like you know like um having to be mindful about like oh like yeah clothes where we buy them from but also like how they're made and stuff do you feel a bit more conscious now about like what you buy and like from where and stuff yeah, I think um, 
I don't know, I feel like I've always kind of known that this, like my attitude towards clothes is not a good one, it's not a sustainable one, um, so I have this thing where like I'll wear something, you know, a couple of times and there's a running joke between Yomi and I that I will, it becomes like house clothes. So I don't necessarily, you know, throw them away, but I kind of, you know, will relegate them to stuff I would wear, relegate them to stuff I would wear in the house or down, you know, going down to the local shops or anything, um, but not wear like properly. And then I'll just buy new clothes to replace that, um, which isn't great. And it's something that I definitely want to kind of, you know, um, I was looking at my wardrobe the other day and I was like, I have too much stuff and I definitely need to kind of go down that mini minimalist route, um, which is just much, much he healthier. Um, and this is, you know, you know, buy something good once, the quality, and you don't have to keep buying ever again. So I'm definitely, because I'm, you know, older, trying to be more mindful with that. And I think this story around Boohoo and the factories in Leicester has definitely, um, I guess, yeah, has definitely kind of exacerbated that that feeling of like Elizabeth you know your relationship with clothes isn't probably the best you described um someone that basically you know buys clothes um every quite often throughout and that's I'm mm. definitely one of those people um there's an app called so there's a friend of mine who runs an app called um a company called by rotation and it's all about you know peer-to-peer -peer oh, lending I've heard of that. that's so yeah. Cool. yeah 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 peer-to-peer um peer-to-peer rent renting of clothes and I, it's so not, I remember when, you know, I first met her, I was, it, it wasn't, it, I, I admired what she was doing, but it's just something that it resonated with me whatsoever. And I guess it's, and that's what, that was what December, it's taken me, I would say, even before this situation with, you know, Boohoo, to kind of come around to actually wearing someone else's clothes, not as a, you know, as like a, I'm renting it like it's a it's a weird and I think that fashion and all of that sort of stuff is gonna go down that route because we waste way too much like from mm. food from clothes to shoes to and like you said when you get sent stuff it's just everything is disposable and I'm just it's a bit I don't know it, it is just I don't know it's, it's a it's a sad day when mm. this is happening because people are getting paid like below minimum wage and it's just so not good enough it's not good enough for, from boohoo i don't want to see a pretty statement that you know that they're really looking at their supply chains i'm happy that you know asos has turned and asos and next have really looked at um they're saying they're dropping their clothes out but also asos need to look at how they're doing their stuff as well everybody there's this there's there's chains of just you know complicity that we all kind of you know um have contributed to so i'm very happy this conversation is happy but or was, was happening sorry but um it's sad that you know there are people in this country who are getting paid three pounds fifty per hour and they feel like they have to be paid that um so it's yeah it's quite shocking and um yeah i think it's definitely gonna hopefully change people's opinion mm. So now it's time for Slay in the Week. I feel like it's been a while since we've had a positive one. Um, <laughs> so this is this is definitely like an, an, a welcome one. So our Slay of the Week is Jedediah Duyele, who runs Loud Brand Studios and um, her PR, Aman Layla. Um, they've had an incredible few days. Um, essentially, probably... <laughs> <laughs> essentially polly i'm gonna call you polly because that's our nickname guys but you already know that um what what's the story why has their week been so good or the past few days so it's quite crazy because i haven't been online that 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 much but every time i did go on yesterday um there was 
this story that just kept on gathering momentum. And it was a story of a London-based designer, as Yomi said, whose um, dress was being worn by Kylie Jenner. And um, first and foremost, so she, you know, Kylie's taken this beautiful, beautiful, like, image. Um, yeah, she looks know. hot. She looks oh. really, I was literally like, fair enough. <laughs> she actually looked really good. Her boobs were just, I actually was like, wow. Like, she just she, looked girls like, are sitting. it They're was really just looking fitting. great. And that dress just made her look amazing. Like, it just, yeah, it just felt like a great partnership of just like, I'm wearing this dress. So she basically wore this beautiful dress and um, it was from, you know, a London-based fashion designer. Um, um, and it kind of blew up. People were saying, "Why aren't you tagging? Um, why aren't you tagging Loud Brand Studios?" Um, people accusing Kylie, um, Kylie's mom, Chris Jenner, of essentially like blocking, um, blocking blessings, essentially, or people not mm. essentially tag like because people were tagging in the comments, um, Loud Brand Studios, and so then Kylie was accused um, publicly from my understanding of not of not only tagging the um tagging the um the brand in her actual picture but then deleting and removing comments um the tags the brand also so that kind of went super viral because it became you know we've just come out of you know people really kind of holding brands to account around you know black um creators and things like that so um and by come out of i don't mean people forgotten but you know we've kind of hit the I would say peak of it essentially so um people obviously still have that energy and was like okay cool why aren't you tagging this brand long story short Kylie came out and was like what have you got what are you guys talking about not only do I love this brand like I've never essentially like would go out of my way to kind of you know block their blessings and not tag them um and the brand has been featured everywhere the whole story has kind of like gone super viral um and you know, Iman Layla, who is the, who is a PR influence manager, has um, been kind of like behind getting her visibility, getting the brand and the, um, the, the brand and the fashion designer um, visibility across, um, across like everything from Vogue to, uh, I don't know, like literally Daily Mail and all of these, all of these different platforms. So it, it was a brand a couple of days ago I'd never heard of. And it's a brand now that it's on the top of everybody's mind. So it's amazing that, you know, there's two black women that are part of this and are, you know, that have, you know, essentially kind of created this kind of mad, like mad, mad, amazing um, experience. And one thing that I think was really, really amazing was the fact that like, obviously there was a lot of kind of like, um, obviously a lot of people sort of tagging, um Kylie and sort of like you know getting ready to drag and I think what was really good about how the situation was handled is that Lau Brand Studios and Amon and um Jedediah made sure it was just all positivity like they made sure that they didn't kind of hop on that wave of like pushing it into negativity and being like oh why aren't we being tagged like the internet kind of had its stance and kind of was like you know really kind of like getting annoyed and stuff and I'm not even saying that like that's the wrong thing I guess but I think it was really amazing that they kind of like continue to push positivity and that obviously the situation was resolved but throughout it they were very gracious and very like just yeah like they were just very gracious throughout and i think that is like the key to like a to good pr because it can be very easy to get like wrapped up in what like twitter's saying and kind of like um start dragging <laughs> dragging kylie as well so that she deletes the picture do you know what i mean but i feel like the way that they handled it was very much like just oh like love to everybody for having our back 
Also love to Kylie for wearing the dress, which was a very good, like, kind of response. So, like, yeah, shout out to them. And literally, I mean, I would say, let's go and um, come on, Elizabeth, for our next outing. Let's go and get our dresses. But I, I, feel, I think it's sold out. <laughs> I literally yeah. think it's sold out now. But I'm, like, definitely going to... Sign up, sign up and subscribe so I can get my notifications for when it's next in stock because like I don't have I don't have those boobs. Um <laughs> they don't sit quite like that. But like, you know, I'm not gonna lie, girl's gonna try because that is a look. So yeah. Definitely. Cool, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Um let us know if you have any feedback and um yeah, and your thoughts on what we've discussed today. I've been Elizabeth Yvabanone. And I've been Yomi Edogake. Bye. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.